Thanks to everyone for coming out this uh, Sunday afternoon. Thanks to those who down these talks as podcasts for iTunes. Welcome to correspond with us. Give us your feedback, feedback comments by emails at utahchristians at gmail.com. We also have a membership class online on our website at utahchristians.org. I'd like to thank those that have become members. We couldn't do what we do without your help and support. Everything is inspired by the teachings of His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, who is the founder, Acharya, of the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. Sometimes we start out with something a little bit funny, just to get your creative juices flowing. There was a man in his 80s who was taking a walk in a park where there were a number of ponds. There was no one else in the park except for him, and so he was kind of surprised to hear this voice, Pick me up. He looked around, didn't see anybody. And a second time, Pick me up. He looked and there was a frog. And the frog said, pick me up. I'm a beautiful princess that was cursed to be a frog, but whoever kisses me, I'll be their bride. So the man picked the frog up, put it in his pocket, and started walking back to his car. So when in the pocket, the frog says, what are you doing? Didn't you hear me? Just kiss me, and I'll become your beautiful bride. And the man said, at my age, I'd rather have a talking frog. Today our subject matter is confront it and control it. And it is anything that keeps you from being your best. <clears throat> maybe an addiction, maybe a hot temper, maybe the inability to get up early in the morning if you're a devotee, it might be a critical spirit. Krishna or God is always working with us in areas to bring us up to a higher level. And any time we go higher, the flesh goes lower. The Bhagavad Gita says, learn the art of controlling the lower self by invoking the higher self. This is called tapasya. Tapasya means voluntary suffering. It's not the kind of suffering of going around dragging, defeated, with hunched shoulders, uh, thinking, I'm suffering for the Lord. It's a suffering where you deny the flesh, or you push down the flesh in order to nourish and elevate the spirit. It's the suffering which comes from the putting away of our wrong desires. It's about controlling our senses. Our senses are capricious, they're whimsical, they don't like restraints. As soon as you bite your tongue and bypass the opportunity to have the last word, as soon as you resist that temptation, as soon as you swallow your pride and forgive those people that hurt you, the senses are going to just throw a fit. They're going to have a tantrum. They're going to say, this is not right, it's not fair, let's go and tell those people off. Anytime we go higher, the flesh goes lower. Many times it's uncomfortable to make the right decision. We have to suffer through that period of not getting our way. When Krishna asks us to do something hard, like walking away from a friend you've known since high school because he's polluting you, or being disciplined more in what we watch on the TV, uh, he's not trying to get us away from something as much as he's trying to get something to us, which is much better. When Krishna is moving you away from something, you can be assured that he's moving you towards something better. He always has our best interests at heart. This is the kind of suffering we're talking about which develops character. When you leave this body, you won't be able to take your bowling trophies with you. You won't be able to take the copies of the newspaper that have your picture and your name in it. You won't be able to take your bank balance with you. The only thing that will stand you in good stead at the time of leaving this body is whatever character development that you've achieved during this life. So Krishna is far more interested in our character than he is in our comfort. And as we grow 
And as we become more mature in spiritual life, the blessings of the Lord will be released upon us into our future. Every time you control your senses, every time you say no to the flesh, you bite your tongue, you resist temptation, the next time it will be easier. It will be a little less painful. Whatever you feed, that will grow. If you feed the hot temper, if you feed the jealousy, if you just cave in whenever the urgings are strong, then the next time they'll be stronger. You ever wonder why some people are so good at blowing their stack and getting angry? You ever wonder why some people are so good at criticizing and cutting down other people? Do you ever wonder why someone always seemed to get the last word in? The answer is quite simple. They practice. They do it day after day after day after day. They feed the flesh, feed the flesh, feed the flesh, and they get very, very good at these negative activities. The trick is to change what you're feeding. Next time you're tempted... Step back, take a few deep breaths, chant Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, and walk away. What just happened there? You starved the flesh and you fed the spirit. Most people choose what's comfortable and convenient now and then later on in their life they wonder why they don't have victory. If you're familiar with the story of the Ramayana, Ravana had kidnapped the wife of Ram, and he held her captive for one year in Sri Lanka. Now, he had many opportunities to give her back, and I'm sure the Lord was speaking to Ravana from within his heart, Ravana, do the right thing. And I'm sure that Ravana seriously considered giving Sita back when all of his city was burned to the ground by the monkeys. And I'm sure he gave it some serious consideration a few days later when all of his generals were killed by Ravana monkey armies. And I'm sure he quite seriously considered giving Sita back when his own sons lay dead on the ground. And even the day before he was to confront Ram in mortal combat, even the day before Ram sent a message to Ravana that even at this 11th hour I'm offering you the olive branch. If you return my wife Sita and make things right, we'll live as friends. So why, in spite of all these promptings, could Ravana not do the right thing? Because he couldn't admit that he had mistakes. Because he couldn't admit that he had shortcomings. And we all know people that say, Oh, I'd rather die than do this. Or I'd rather die than confess this. Or I'd rather die than be upfront with this. Well, Ravana had that same mentality and he got his wish. He did rather die than recant. Sometimes we get in a rut, we get stuck, and we wonder how to get out of it. Could it be that we're not dealing with the things that God wants us to confront? The things that are coming to light, the flaws, the shortcomings in our characters. We always have this little voice deep from down within inside us saying, you need to get help for that bad habit. You need to treat that person better. You need to get work on time. Don't just take it as the musings of the mind. It's God acting as your conscience, prompting you in the right direction. It's the Lord of millions of universes who knows past, present, and future giving you some priceless advice. So don't ignore it. Don't sweep it under the rug. It may be difficult, but it's better to make the right choices and be uncomfortable now than to make the wrong choices and miss your destiny. The pain of discipline is temporary, but the pain of compromise is permanent. 
A good prayer in the morning is to ask the Lord, Lord, reveal to me areas in my heart which are dark. And you please help me to work on those areas. Krishna promises in the Bhagavad Gita that he'll assist anyone who asks him. Tesham evanu kampartam aham agyana jamtamaha nishyami atmavavishto gyana deepane bhashvada. For those who ask me, for those who recognize that we can't deal with all problems on our own, but avail ourselves of the help of the unlimited Lord, it says, He who is dwelling within the heart of the living entity, as powerful as 10,000 suns, he destroys with the torchlight of knowledge the darkness born of ignorance. He's just poised, ready, and waiting to help us as long as we ask him. And what pleases God? What type of person pleases him? He's not asking that we be perfect. He's just asking that we keep trying. We keep taking steps to improve. We should treat people better today than we did a year ago. We should have less bad habits today than we did a year ago. We should have a better attitude today than we had a year ago. As long as we're moving ahead, God's pleased with us. What he doesn't like is for us to get stuck in one place. And if that's the case, we need to ask him, Krishna, what do I need to do to improve? That's the first step. Ask him, what do I need to do to improve? And the second step is be open to the answer. Be sensitive to what that small voice down inside you is saying. Some of us have pushed that voice down so many times that we become numb to it. Do you know a couple hundred years ago in Europe, it was prohibited for butchers to sit on juries for murder trials. Why is that? I'm sure the first time the butcher had to kill an animal, there were alarm bells going off all over the place. This is unnatural. This is horrible. This is cruel. This is unnecessary. He also has rights and liberty to happiness. But it was pushed down. And the second time it was pushed down. And it was pushed down and pushed down and pushed down so many times that he's become completely numb and insensitive now to those what was once jarringly loud alarm bells. So butchers were not allowed to sit on juries during murder trials because they are thinking, it's no big deal. It's no big deal. I've done it thousands of times myself. Not guilty, Your Honor. <laughs> When we chant Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, we're getting up our receptors. We're making ourselves sensitive to the transmissions of the Lord, saying, Lord, help me to be sensitive to your voice. Help me to respond to your conviction. Help me not to go against my conscience. If we'll stay open and pay attention, Krishna will keep us from making major mistakes. Again, from the Mahabharata, I don't know if you know this, but the Mahabharata is ten times longer than the Iliad and the Odyssey combined. And a large part of the Mahabharata is the evil-minded Duryodhana getting good advice. I mean, there's like whole pages, whole chapters, whole volumes, where his uncle Vidura is trying to talk some sense into him, whether his father Vidurasha is trying to talk some sense into him, Bhisma is trying to talk some sense into him, Dronacharya is trying to talk some sense, and even Krishna himself comes and tries to talk some sense into Duryodhana. And yet it all bounces off of his heart. Because for so many years, he ignored the spirit, you see. He pushed down the words of the Lord so that he'd become numb to them. 
You can speak all the good advice. You can give all the input you want. But if a person's heart is steel framed, it's just going to bounce off and you're going to be wasting your time. So let us, Lord, please not become insensitive to what you're telling us. He exists both within and he also exists without. It is said, Ekono Bhagavana Jiva Guru Krishna Prashade Pai Bhakti Lata Bish. After transmigrating, life after life after life after life, in the various species, from amphibians to reptiles to birds to mammals to demigods, up to the higher planets of the universe, down to the lower planets, thousands and thousands of lifetimes, when one finally desires to confront nescience and ignorance and to get out of the rut of samsara, birth, death, disease and old age, it says that the Lord within the heart manifests himself externally as the bona fide guru or the bona fide spiritual master. And the first four things that any bona fide spiritual master will advise their disciple are the four areas in which we most often make bad choices. If you abstain from these four areas, you will avoid 90% of all the miseries that the average people suffer from. The first is illicit sex. If you'll give up illicit sex, that means if you're single, you're celibate. If you're married, you're faithful. The second is gambling. The third is eating meat. What goes around comes around. Any suffering that we cause is going to come back upon us. And then the fourth one is the taking of intoxicants. Coffee, tea, liquor, cigarettes, as well as harder things. No intoxication, no illicit sex, no gambling, no meeting. So for some it might be uncomfortable, it might be inconvenient to give up these things. But the inconvenience, the short-term inconvenience of separating yourself from the cause of most of the misery in human society is certainly well worth the price to pay. And just like any ill person, they have to avoid certain things that are making them sick, and on the other hand, they should accept healthy foods and healthy medicines. So aside from those four prohibitions, the bona fide guru gives one the medicine for the age, for curing the problem of nescience. Bhaktivinoda Thakur says in his song, Anechi Ushodi Maya Nashi Bada Logi. Anechi means medicine. And he describes the medicine for curing the disease of nescience as the chanting of the holy names of the Lord. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. What we've been experiencing in a society of sense gratification and in a society of immediacy, the now culture is nectar in the beginning, but in the long run, it's like poison. We cave to the urgings and the cravings of the senses for immediate gratification, but in the long run, the regret of compromise is permanent. Krishna says, try something else. Try something which in the beginning is like poison, but in the end is like nectar. For one who's used to giving and saying yes, you see, and being a puppet in the hands of the senses and the mind and the flesh, to say no is to subject oneself to tremendous inconvenience in the beginning, but we're assured that if we stay the course, eventually the chanting of the holy names of the Lord and following these prohibitions will be just like nectar. 
It is said that a jaundiced man in India, the nature of the disease is that he tastes sugarcane to be bitter. There's something about the physiognomy of the disease that he tastes sugarcane to be bitter. And yet sugarcane is the cure. So sometimes it takes five or six people to hold the patient down while sugarcane is being administered. But as his body is restored to its normal healthy condition, he begins to taste the sugarcane for the sweetness that it actually is. So as we become, as the spirit becomes strong, as the spirit becomes revitalized, one chants with great joy, with great relish, as if it were a thrill at every moment. Now in areas where we struggle, and we all do, don't ignore them. What you don't confront, you cannot conquer. Unhealthy cancers only grow in the dark. Better to be open and honest than to go around pretending that you're perfect, pushing things down, hoping things are going to go away. I've learned that proud people always get stuck and never reach their full potential. Again, in the Mahabharata, Karna, the beginning of his life was so awesome, so auspicious. He was born as the son of the sun god. But his mother gave him away, and he was adopted by a carpenter and his wife. Later on, Karna wanted to enter into a tournament with all the young warriors of the day. And he was certainly competent because he was the son of the sun god, who was the patron saint of all warriors. And he actually had a fancy for the princess Dropadi, who was sitting up on the dais. But each uh, young warrior, as he came into the auditorium or the arena, he had to state his lineage, that my father is king so-and-so and my mother is queen so-and-so. But when Karna came up, all he could say was the name of his father, his adoptive father, who was a carpenter, and his mother, who was a laundryman. And he didn't really know his true parentage. So he was laughed at, he was humiliated in the front of Dropadi for whom he had fancy. And as he stood there in the arena, ashamed, embarrassed, and vulnerable, the evil-minded Duryodhan saw his opportunity. He loaded the prowess of Karna, the ability, and he thought that if there's anyone in the world that can stand up to the Pandavas, it's Karna. So he gave Karna basically a bribe. On the spot, he named him the king of Anga to assuage his embarrassment and humiliation. And in a moment of rashness, Karna pledged Duryodhana his eternal friendship. Now, had Duryodhana not the friendship of Karna, he would not have been nearly as aggressive and as bold in pursuing his criminal schemes to disenfranchise the Pandavas. It was on the strength of knowing that Karna was his friend that Duryodhana went way beyond what he would have done normally on his own. So Karna could have been king. He was in fact the elder brother of the Pandavas. He should have come to the point where in spite of his vow, he walked away from Duryodhana. He said, you're polluting me. You're bringing me down. You're jeopardizing the entire world with your unlimited ambitions. But Karna was too proud. He was too proud to admit that he'd made a mistake. He was too attached to the kingdom that he'd been bribed with and its temporary pleasures. He was too arrogant to swallow his pride, give the kingdom back and say, Duryodhana, I don't want to be your friend anymore. Lord is not looking necessarily for talented people. He's not necessarily looking for people with ability. 
He's looking for people that are willing to declare their dependence upon Him, to take advantage of His strength and His power. And through those people, the Lord is poised to do amazing things. Now, Karna couldn't give up his friendship with Duryodhana. On the other hand, Vibhishan was the brother of Ravana. Ravana had conquered the whole world and built a city of gold in Sri Lanka. So obviously, as Ravana's brother, Vibhishan enjoyed a lot of benefits from Ravana. But when it came time to make a choice between his brother, between his fleshy relation and his spiritual connection with God, who's the father of every living being, he went with Ram instead of Ravana. And as soon as he declared for Ram, his brother beat him up, he disowned him, he threw him out of the city, and everybody in the city called him as a betrayer. He gave up his kin, kinship, he gave up his inheritance, he gave up his good reputation, all in order to make a radical uh, obeisances, a radical uh, act of obedience to Lord Ramachandra. And the interesting thing was that after Ravana was killed by Ram, then it was Ram who put Vibhishwan back on the throne. I've learned that any act of obedience that we perform for the Lord gets results. He doesn't take anything for granted. You're being here this afternoon. You're chanting Hare Krishna. You're taking prasadam. You're lending submissive oral reception to the philosophy of the Bhagavad Gita. That's all noted. That's none of it forgotten. And the Lord will reward those who are obedient to Him every time you bow down. But for radical, for extreme acts of obedience, such as that which was performed by Vibhishan, you're sowing seeds that in the future will give extreme benefit, extreme favor, extreme blessings. Maybe not now, maybe not tomorrow, maybe not a week from now. But you've sown the seeds that things are starting to turn around for you and in the future, everything will change for the better. <clears throat> Krishna is not looking for perfect people. He's just looking for people who would trust in Him. And here's the good news. Krishna will never ask you to do something that He won't first equip you and give you the power to do it. It may be difficult, but you're equipped you're empowered. The unlimited Lord is breathing in your direction. If we'll do what we can, then Krishna will do what we can't. But here's the key. God is not going to do for you what you can do for yourself. You've got to dig your heels in and you've got to be disciplined. You've got to walk away from those people and those places that are bringing you down. It may be difficult, but your destiny is worth fighting for. Push through anything that's holding you back and get ready to step into a new season of Krishna's favor. Here's what I've learned. There's a blessing for everything and there's an extreme blessing for extreme sacrifices, for extreme acts of obedience on behalf of the Lord. Other stories didn't turn out as good as Vibhishan's. Karna himself, Although he had a supernatural beginning, although he started out life quite good, he couldn't let go of the resentment of the way he was abandoned by his mother. He held that resentment close to him throughout his entire life. And though many, many people tried to talk some good sense into Karna, even his natural mother, Kunti, eventually revealed his birthright and heritage. And she said, Karna, you're the elder brother of Yudhisthira. Uh, Bhima, Arjuna, Nakula, and Sahadev. They don't know it, but I'm telling you. And if you just say the word, 
the war will be unnecessary. Neither Yudhishthir nor Duryodhana will be king. You'll be king and your four brothers will serve you with loyalty. And still he could not give up his friendship with Duryodhana. He was warned repeatedly and that small voice we can only imagine. Krishna was telling him from within the heart, Karna, admit you're wrong. Admit that this is an illicit friendship that you've got with Duryodhana. Make peace with your brothers. Let it go. But he hung on to his resentment. And when you think about it, resentment, envy, jealousy, contentiousness, these are such small things to keep us from our divine destiny. It wouldn't have been the end of the world for Karna to abandon Duryodhana, give him his kingdom back and make peace with his brothers. But it says little foxes are the ones that spoil the vine. If you have a heart to improve, Krishna will give you a chance again and again and again and again and again. But here's the real question. How badly do you want victory in your life? What are you willing to sacrifice? Are you willing to rise early for spiritual perfection? Are you willing to follow the four regulative principles? Are you willing to chant the holy names of the Lord? Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. In other words, are you willing to do what others are not willing to do? It's not a great thing. I heard a joke one time. Two fellows were being chased by a bear. And one fellow says to the other, says, do you think we'll be able to outrun the bear? And the other fellow says, I'm not really worried about outrunning the bear. All I really have to do is outrun you. <laughs> so no illicit sex, no gambling, no intoxication, no mediating. These are bad things. There's no harm and there's great benefit by distancing them from your life. And as far as the chanting of Hare Krishna goes, it's ecstatic. It's blissful. It's called Anandam Bhuti Vardhanam. So these are not very difficult things, but they are things that others are not willing to do. And that's what makes us special, and that's what attracts the favor of the Lord. People always tell me, Cheru, why did, how does the Christian temple always get so many people come to your festivals? Festival of colors, festival of lights, festival of India, Islam. How do you get so many people? Because we're willing to do what others are not willing to do. Many organizers of special events just advertise through newspapers and online, and they don't go out and get in and out of their car and drive here and do posters. And of the ones that do posters, they'll do posters in one city or one part of town, but they won't do them all over town. And I know, because I see. The, the, but we do posters everywhere, from Ogden down to Nephi. And it's not a great thing. You just have to take a few days off and be willing to get in and out of your car about 500 times. But it is doing what others are not willing to do. And that's what makes us stand out. Doing what others are not willing to do. One time someone asked Prabhupada, what do you Hare Krishna devotees do for recreation? And Prabhupada's like, he couldn't even understand the question. He had him repeat it. What do you Hare Krishna do for recreation? And Prabhupada looked at him funny and he said, it's all recreation. That's all we do. We, we sing, we dance, we discuss philosophy, we eat wonderful vegetarian food which is offered to the Lord, and then we start singing, dancing, discussing philosophy, eating vegetarian food. We're the only people in the world that are up dancing, partying before the sun rises. There's nobody else that can say they're having as much fun as we are. 
So it's not anything extraordinary that we're doing. It's not very difficult. It's just that we're willing to do what others are not willing to do. If we do that, Krishna will show up and show out and conquer every single enemy in our life. There will always be something that stands between you and your destiny. The enemy will give you the low ground. He'll give you mediocrity. He'll give you being average and not making a difference. He doesn't have a problem like that. But when you have a big dream, when you say, I'm not going to go through life with things holding me back. I'm going to confront anger. I'm going to confront lack of self-esteem. I'm going to confront these addictions. I'm going to face whatever Krishna brings up. I'm going to become all that he has created me to be. When you refuse to settle for the low ground, and when you reach for the high ground, you're going to see Krishna's favor show up in your life in amazing ways. You're going to see promotion, you're going to see healing, you're going to see breakthroughs. Just keep doing the right thing. Keep letting Krishna make you and mold you. Keep dealing with what he brings to light. And because of your extreme obedience, I believe you're also going to see extreme favor, extreme joy, extreme peace, extreme wisdom, and extreme victory over anything and everything that tries to hold you from the great, great destiny that He has in store for you. Thank you very much. And if you'd like to chant with me, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare, Hare 